Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer from Vancouver, Canada, with over two decades' experience serving individuals from all walks of life. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world in the field of art, music, activism, health, education, spirituality, and more to talk about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya, and I'm so excited today to uh, introduce you to my very special guest, who is Sue DeMay. And Sue is my mentor and teacher, and she was like literally a godsend to me over the past uh, three years. She helped me um, after coming through a very difficult time, and uh, is just so knowledgeable and so wise. Uh, She's a very highly gifted, intuitive healer, and uh, she runs the Heart-Led Living community, which I am a part of, which is a beautiful community of heart led uh individuals and uh welcome sue thank you so much for being here with us today thanks it's a pleasure to be here with you awesome so um there's so much for us to talk about of course (laughs) um but we tell us a little bit about for just for anyone who doesn't know you please tell us a little bit in your own words about who you are and what you do well i'm i'm a i'm a healer as you mentioned but i'm also a coach i'm a teacher i'm an ordained minister And I'm really passionate about helping people get out of their heads and into their heart, really shifting consciousness into the heart space and letting the divine nature, our divine spirit lead and guide our every moment of every day of our lives. And so my role is really about helping people create a level of understanding the mind so that the mind comes along for the ride because the mind tends to get in the way of following our intuition, trusting and leading with our heart. It absolutely does <laughs> in so many ways. And actually the, the question that sort of came to mind, because I, I sort of have my own views on this, but I'm curious as to what do you think? So how does the voice play into those two things that you just mentioned, like the mind and the heart? Where does, how does the voice come into play with those two things? Well, a lot of times the, you can have different voices that you hear. So we can have the voice of the ego which is our voice of fear. And we can have the voice of spirit, which is our divine connection to our source. Whether you call that God or the divine or spirit, it doesn't matter what word you use. It's the meaning you place behind the word. So we can have different voices we hear, and then we can actually have different voices we speak. So when one is speaking through fear, that can even be, And the example of that can actually change the voice tone. So when you're speaking from a place of fear, you can actually have a different voice tone. If you're speaking from through love, through that lens of love, through that divine connection, then your voice can be different as well in that. So it depends on what context you're talking about. Is like, are we hearing voices or, or the voice we speak at? But both are influenced by where we are. If we're in alignment, 
both of those things will be feel different than if we're we're out of alignment and more operating from a place of fear. Yeah, that's absolutely so true. And that's actually what one of the modules in my is in my course is about too, is about the inner voices and how to distinguish between those voices because um, we all have these different voices going on. So it's so important to discern which is, you know, which is from spirit and which, <laughs> what is, what is something else? I've also had the experience too, and personally, but also a lot of my clients will talk about they hear different voices. Spirit has different voices. And one, one of my friends actually was, was, she's like, I have this one has a really heavy accent. I can hardly understand. It's like, I have those experiences before where different guides would come in and they'd have this very distinct way of speaking, which I, I knew were my guides. But again, that's an, another level of discernment, right? So in, in the mental health world, you know, you could question that as like, wrong or bad it's just like but that's sometimes the way the guidance comes in is it sounds like different voices in our mind it really does and I almost giggled when you said that because I had a friend who was going through an ICBC car accident you know process and she like us is an intuitive and on the forums when they say things like do you hear voices do you believe that you hear voices from other places and she's like I'm just gonna skip that part like I'm just gonna say no because it's true in the psychiatric world um a lot of these things are looked at as, you know, negative or some sort of a sign as a mental illness. And again, they can be when it is an imbalance and they can also be the voice of spirit or the voice of guidance. So it's about learning how to discern. So um, could you give the listeners just a quick little breakdown of any, any simple ways? How do you know how to discern or determine which is the voice of fear and the voice of love? Well, for me, it's a, a divine discernment. So we have to become very acutely discerning. So it's not always obvious. Sometimes it's obvious, but it's not always obvious. So with divine discernment, it, I, I ship people out of what you're hearing and into more about what you feel when you hear it. So the feeling behind what you're hearing or the feeling behind the voice will often dictate whether it's coming from fear or coming from love. So we can feel more of a nurturing kind of calming whisper that can come in so it can feel kind of supportive or loving or a a beautiful presence that's sometimes how it can show up as the feeling if it's spirit if it's in alignment if it's fear then it could be a contraction we could feel like uh, confused or worried or, or afraid so there's different ways that we can experience in the body when I get people out of the head and into their body, usually they can get a little bit more, it's kind of a bit of more of like a truth serum. <laughs> you can kind of really feel it. So, but it, it is a practice. So that's one way to look at it, but it, it is a matter of practicing it over and over again until it becomes just more second nature. We're born naturally intuitive. We were programmed to forget. We were programmed to, to be in fear, to question, to doubt. So it's a process of remembering what that feels like to be in alignment or what that feels like to hear our inner voice again. Yeah, I know for me, my voice of fear is very, like, just like very negative, for lack of a better word. Like, it just, it was like, if I hear something very negative in my mind, I dismiss it almost right away now because I know that spirit doesn't talk like that. 
And so I know that, you know, even if spirit had to relay a difficult message, it would come through in a more loving or comforting way. So if I hear a very negative message now, I almost always know, no, that's my ego or some sort of, you know, subconscious programming that's there that needs to go. So I think it's important because so many people are running their lives off of these messages and these thoughts that they have, and they're not, you know, they're not necessarily real. So that's, um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, It's important to challenge those thoughts, right? Just not just take them for what they are, but challenge them as well. Oh yeah, it is. And sometimes actually, even when I hear a really clear no, that's actually usually not spirit either. Funny enough, sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not, but I've noticed with, especially with bigger things or things that have a higher stake, I'll hear like a no right away, but it's a, it's a fear. No, because then looking back, I'll move ahead with it anyway, because it feels right. And then I'll look back and I'll say, no, that was actually just ego trying to dissuade me again. So it's tricky. It's, it's definitely ongoing. (laughs) It is. Well, the other thing is, you know, you talk about the ego, in the beginning, the ego was my negative voice. That was that, that inner critic, that, that mean, you know, the mean girl inside of me that was just like barking at everything I did and, and criticizing everything I did and judging everything for me. And then it became a little softer, not as obvious. So it was challenging to discern. And then it became disguised as love itself. So the ego evolves, right? Cause it's a, it's a shapeshifter and it changes and evolves based on the level of awareness we have. So the more aware we become of how the ego is embedding fear in our life, the more clever it becomes and it evolves and changes. So even, even you saying, oh, the, the, the ego is negative. Well, the ego is always negative or it can be loving and be guided. It, it may be sounding like guidance. It may even feel like guidance in some way, but there'll be something that will feel off behind it. There'll be this discord or this kind of niggling or something like a scratch behind it. There's something off about it. The challenge is when the ego hijacks our spirituality and becomes this force and pretense and this like cheerleader of love. And it starts to use the language of spirituality. It uses the language of love itself. And that can completely derail us because if we're only listening to what we hear and we're not discerning what it feels, what, what the feeling is behind, then we can, then we can lose, lose our ground, lose our footing, right? Because the ego's coming in and it's disguised. Right. So this is like a huge, this is a huge thing. And you're so masterful at this. And this is one of the things that you've helped me with a lot, because what you're talking about to me sounds a lot like sort of like spiritual bypassing. And I see this, um, this is actually what I posted about today. And I was sort of pointing to a lot of sort of spiritual type people. And my friend and I were having a discussion today and we were saying throughout this whole year of 2020, which has been this very, you know, wild year, as we all know, we were both saying that we've actually both been quite disappointed by some of the people in the spiritual community, because it seems like they're some of the ones who are just so off base with, with so many different things. And it's exactly because of this. It's because they're the, some of the messages that they're getting and it's like the ego, so it's, so to me, it's like, okay, the ego would potentially dissuade somebody from seeing something like negative or something real about themselves. That's the shadow side by giving a loving message. And, and so we see a lot of this in the spiritual community that's sort of bypassing like, oh, everything's all good. Like everything's okay. When really it's, it's not. And to me, like to be a, to be a light worker is really about being a shadow worker because you have to really look at the 
that's really what it is. And the, it's like the more conscious you get, just like you said about the ego, it's almost like you start to, to see more things about yourself. So I'd love for you to share any, anything more about this because you're just so, you're so masterful about this. And I know it's because you do the work yourself. You're not telling us to do anything that you haven't done yourself and that you don't continue doing yourself. Yeah, I continue to do it. I always keep my ego in check. And every once in a while it comes in, I'm like, oh, you sneaky little bugger. I didn't see that angle, you know? So I'm always watching. I'm always aware, always discerning and always feeling into it. And if someone was reflecting back something toward me, I look at it for myself first before if, before I, I, I approach them about it. I need to look at that for myself. So yes, our internal work is is essential, especially around the spiritual ego. Now, I was blind to my spiritual ego when I first got introduced to it and I was, and someone was bumping up against it. I was like, no, no, it's not me. It's them. It's like, I was resistant. Like it was really, really a strong pushback of like, no, don't even go there. Don't look there. So I have a lot of empathy for people that are experiencing the spiritual ego right now. And I also have a lot of empathy for people that are sugarcoating or bypassing these these more challenging parts of ourselves or just more challenging parts of other people and and what's going on in you know for humanity as a whole it's it'd be easy to put a you know put your hands over your eyes and turn a blind eye but the real work is in facing everything facing everything that's in front of us on the outside because it's often a reflection of what's going on in the inside so when we can face our own shadows and own them, own those shadow sides, own those aspects of ourselves, because we all have it, when we can witness how the spiritual ego is coming in, then we are actually empowering our connection to source, our connection to spirit, as opposed to empowering our ego by ignoring it. So ignoring it and pretending it's not there, or disowning it or bypassing it doesn't make it go away it's still there. And in fact, it actually becomes more empowered and more in your face, which ultimately then kind of leads to the experience of the superego, which is a whole other conversation. But when it comes to spiritual ego, if we aren't willing to be open, even if we're resistant, if we're not willing to be open to those reflections back to how it might possibly be that it's, it's our ego we need to look at, then, then we're closed, right? And if we're closed, then the ego gets more empowered. The spiritual ego, the, the one thing, the one most common thread that I see with the spiritual ego is there's always a feeling of superiority or inferiority. So it's either going to make you feel superior to somebody else or inferior to somebody else. So it can go either way. It can puff you up. I always say, you know, puff up your peacock feathers and make you feel like you're, you know, invincible. That's the spiritual ego. Or it can make you want to shrink and hide and, and deflect or deny or run away. So the ego can play both ways when it comes to the spiritual ego. When one spiritual ego meets another spiritual ego, it's like two peacocks quite often um, with their feathers all uh, in a tough and the challenge is especially a spiritual ego who's done the shadow work but not to the extent that they're meant to like they don't go quite deep enough then we have a even more superior spiritual ego projecting 
and saying that the other person's, you know, doing it wrong or not doing enough or projecting or not doing their shadow work. So it gets very sticky, very fast. And it's very challenging to meet people in their spiritual ego without yours wanting to jump into defense or get all, get your back all up. So it's a fine dance. It definitely is. And it's not an easy one to navigate, which I think is why a lot of people just avoid it. And then you get the bypassing and all of those kinds of things going on. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can absolutely relate to that. Even there's a few scenarios playing out and I literally feel that it's like um, with some people I know and they're really in their spiritual ego, but I can feel that, like you said, as soon as I even like am engaged in a conversation with them, I feel that thing like come up in me. And so for me right now, because I'm still not, you know, I'm still working on, you know, identifying and working through all of these layers. So right now for me, I know like I just need to pull back and like not engage with these people because as soon as I feel it, I'm like, oh, this is just a like a road to nowhere. And I see this all over social media too. Everybody is like debating and arguing with one another and it's just there's all this sort of righteousness that comes in because of this you know ego of everybody sort of believing that they're that that they're right and then you just you can just see it so clearly even with other people sometimes just people you know butting their heads so it is it's it's very tricky yeah it's that fight to be right Mm -hmm. The, the challenge is when we fight to be right we'll always feel wrong so we keep fighting because in the eyes of the other person we're wrong if there's a fight to be right, we, we got to be wrong in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So we continue to defend, we continue to convince. So I always say anytime you feel defensive or you feel like you need to defend something you believe in, then you know the ego is there in play. And it might be a little bit in play or it might be a lot in play. So anytime you're in defense or if you need to deny, if you're wanting to deny something within yourself, then you really need to check, check your ego there. So, or the other option is we go to defense or deny, or we shift into projecting or judging others, or we want to protect our beliefs, or we want to protect our truth, or we want to protect somebody around us. Then again, there's probably ego in there somewhere because it's fear-based and it can be protection disguised as caring. That's still fear. That's still ego. And it's so cleverly hidden. And it's so, it's such a challenging thing to really get in underneath because the ego constantly evolves and it constantly shifts and changes based on our level of understanding or our level of awareness of it, but also based on what others are doing as well. And it really wants to get our goat. Like it wants to get in under there and make us want to defend and make us want to fight and make us want to, attack or or project and it's it's a fine dance and like you say there's times where you just need to understand that there that entering the battlefield in the fight to be right nobody wins so there's times where you're going to be guided to back up and back away and and not say anything and then there's other times you're actually going to be guided to engage and that's that won't be easy but to be able to hold your channel and meet their fear with love without defense without projecting without protecting without denying your own therein lies the real the real gem when you can practice from that space and it's been interesting there's been times where people have you know come to me and said certain things and I had this one client at one point she was 
she was telling me it was my shadow side and this and that. I'm like, what we're talking about is this piece. I'm not talking about my, my shadow at this point. We need to address this. And when I got that response, or when I got that email from her, I, I tuned in and I joined with my coach, my healer, the ones that I work with to, to look at my shadow side. And I'm like, is, is there anything in here I'm missing? Because this is the reflection that's coming back. And after tuning in with a few different people, they're like, nope, nope, this isn't your stuff. You're clear. I would go back. I would wait for clarity in my response. And then I was clear that every word that came out and everything that I extended back to her was love. And she just didn't want to hear what I had to say. She just didn't want to own what she did, um, which was breaching the confidentiality of our community. So that was a non-negotiable for me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, you know, we can't have that. So, but she didn't want to own it. At the same time, because it was being reflected back to me, I did pause to take a look at my own. I had to. And it just so happened in that, in that scenario that, that I didn't have my, my ego coming up and showing up in that com- communication with her. But always good to check. Always important to check. Oh, it's, it's very, it's very important to check. And that's why having other people, you know, people that you trust and that are clear and again, aren't going to, you trust that even though it's your coach and you're guiding your community, you also trust that they will tell you the truth lovingly when it's needed, because sometimes, you know, we are in ego and we might need somebody to be like, to check us. But um, yeah, I can really relate to that. There's a lot of this going on right now. It's um, so it's really interesting. Like you do really have to hold your center and hold your ground because I've been having conversations because I specifically make a point to engage sometimes with people who believe like a total 180 from me just to really practice and really to try to understand them. But I can feel very often that they have this level of disrespect for me because of what I believe from the get-go. So right there, it's already really interesting because it's not even a, a level playing ground because they're, you know, I'm trying my best to approach them with respect, even though I have, you know, I may completely disagree with them, but it's very interesting how we make these snap judgments right away, which is also, you know, which is also ego. So already in the conversation, it's very interesting when you have somebody that really believes that what they're, what they're saying or doing is right. And then they have, they don't want to acknowledge things. This is, this is very problematic, but I know for me, I think I've talked to you about this before. Like I literally had found my identity in being a spiritual person because I came to this, my spiritual path as a teenager. And I was like so lost and so broken and that that was what I found peace in. That was what I found literally myself in. So I was so attached to being spiritual and really having a lot of spiritual ego because I thought like, Oh, I'm spiritual. Like I'm above all of this stuff. And then I had a series of very rude awakenings which just like took the whole house of cards down and I'm like okay but it was actually all purposeful because I got to see all of that so now I can see really clearly that um you know where I was compared to where I'm at now and it doesn't mean that I don't have to still continue working I do just like you it's like an everyday thing I constantly have to sort of look at myself and have other people but um there's there's a bit more awareness there and the the projection piece is this is I was writing about this this morning too just like that the projection and judgment right now is just out of control. And it's actually, it's so hard to reach somebody who's in that level of projection. So I don't know if you have any, any, any thoughts on that or any, any tips or awareness, cause that's a big one. 
Yeah, well, the projection cycle is one of those cycles that it takes awareness to break it. And it's usually awareness of the individual in the projection cycle, not awareness of the people on the outside of the projection cycle, right? So the projection cycle is basically there's some kind of feeling within you that doesn't quite feel good. So whether you have guilt or whether you feel um, fear, afraid, like afraid of attack, whatever it is, we'll we'll have that feeling inside of us and we want to feel better. So we project it out, project it out onto somebody else. And the ego loves to use projection because as long as it's over there, we can't heal it. So it's out of our reach. But the challenge is we are then judging the other person for being the problem or the root of why we feel the way we feel. So we give it, it gives us temporarily relief to project something onto somebody else. If they would just change, I would feel better. If they would change their mind, if they would change their behavior, then I would feel better. That's the projection. But the thing is, when you project and you judge, ultimately, somewhere along that cycle, you're going to feel guilty again. And when you feel guilty, you're uncomfortable, so you want to feel better, so you project. So it's like a constant cycle. You can't end that loop without awareness. Now, if you're guided to say something and you help someone see something, they might make a different choice somewhere in that cycle, but they may not. So it's really an inside job in, in, to break the cycle of projection. We can point to it, we can shine light on it, we can invite people to look at it, but unless they're willing to see, to have that eye-opening awareness moment, then that cycle is going to continue and, and there's just no, there's no winning. There's no, there's no opening to even have a conversation with some people. When there is an opening, then we can gently come in. But again, doing our best to be coming from that place of love, not judgment ourselves. So judging someone else's judging cycle or judging their projection cycle doesn't help. It only adds more fear and it makes them more defensive. The one thing I've seen that really opens up that window for awareness and for you to actually get into the point where they can actually hear you without being so defensive and being afraid of attack. And that's what you're talking about is like, just even going to them and say, can you explain, help me understand why you believe this. Like help me understand what you're saying here. They're already in defense because, because they're in that cycle. Right. And, and they know you have a different belief. So they're going to try and defend their place and they're expecting you to attack them or you're, they're expecting you to change, to try and change their mind. If you come from a place of empathy, empathy opens up that window. And if you actually start with empathy, very first thing, that's going to open the window more, or that's going to give a softening in their defense, just enough to maybe hear what you have to say next. So instead of saying, even, even saying, so for using your example, instead of saying, you know, help me understand why your what your belief is or what you're trying to say here in this post i want to i want to understand you know what you're saying instead of going there start with i can see by the other posts or the other comments that you're really struggling to speak your truth here and i can see how many people are challenging you on that that must be really hard for you right now i can imagine how hard that is for you because i've had that experience where i'm standing in one truth and there's all these people that are you know, challenging it. So that empathy there, right there, just window open. And then saying, 
I'm not, and then share your intention and go empathy, then intention. My intention is to not change your mind. My intention is not to fight you or attack your beliefs. I really honestly just, my, my intention is to really understand what you're saying here. Can you help me understand? You feel a difference in that? Oh yeah. That's because they're already in that defense and ready for attack. Mm. The empathy drops the defenses a little bit, softens it. Your intention then softens it more. Oh, she's not trying to change my mind. Oh, okay. Then you guys can engage. Then you can have a conversation. And then people are willing to listen and hear. Mm, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I find that. I, I haven't done that specifically. Thank you for that. I'll try that. But that's sort of just what I do naturally. Is I, and, I, and I sort of look for the middle ground because I look for... And actually, surprisingly what I'm finding more and more is that there actually is a lot of common ground between me and some of the people that we feel very differently about certain things, but on other things I can actually see like, Oh, this person has really strong family values or, you know, they actually believe that what they're doing is is good. And I think most things are like this. So I'm always sort of looking for that um, middle ground to see where there's where, where we can be united in something rather than rather than being separated. So that's, I think this is a really important practice right now because I, I just feel like this year especially has polarized so many people, like, and especially, you know, there's a lot of kind of like this 50-50 thing going on, you know, it's like either you're this or you're that, you know, or you're, you know, one thing or the other thing. I'm, I'm trying to really speak neutrally because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I'm trying to stay in the middle, you know, because <laughs> I notice as soon as you say one thing, it's like you some, you get jumped on by somebody and it's like, you're, you're, oh, you're this, or I've even like had people say to me in comments, oh, because you support this person, you're this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then I'm like, and how, how do you get to tell me this? This is what I find so fascinating. It's like, how do you get to tell me what I am and what I believe? Just because I, you know, said one thing about one person, like it's very fascinating. But again, it shows how much we, we jump to, we jump to conclusions. So for somebody who's just like brand new to this, who's like starting out on their journey, and if they're listening to this and kind of getting a peak of curiosity about this, where would you suggest that people start? Like if they want to start to, because I think moving out of the heart, like moving out of the head and into the heart is huge. And, and that in itself, I think if everyone would just, you know, practice again, I shouldn't say everyone, because I know that maybe that's not everyone's purpose, but if more of us would actually do that, we would have a very different world so what are the sort of what what are the beginning steps where would you suggest that people start if they want to start doing some of this work well the the one resource actually one of my resources that is coming in right away is is the book stand out stand out uh, stand up stand out stand strong a 30-day guide to navigate life when the shift hits the fan and it's basically a 30-day journey from living with fear separation and judgment into living with love, connection, and oneness. And it's written in a language that pretty much anybody can relate to. So it's not too spiritual. It's not, it's an introduction to spirituality. It's an introduction to these concepts and these ideas. But what it's doing is challenging the mind and challenging the ego and challenging the way fear is embedded into our minds. It's it's challenging our programming because we're all born naturally intuitive. We're all born naturally loving and connected. We're programmed to be separate. We're programmed to be divided. We're programmed to judge and to, and to create these ideas of division between us. So 
that's a 30 day journey. Now you, you can find the book on any online bookstore, but if you go to my website, you can actually, or even go to YouTube I, on my channel, I actually have read it for free. You can get all the chapters, me reading the audiobook for free. So it's one of those books that I feel is, is really important for a lot of people to understand what's really going on in their minds and then starting to give them the tools step-by-step, day-by-day to start to unravel and unwind the mind and to align with real true love, not, not that fear disguised as love, not that ego love. Mm, amazing. Yes, we forgot, I forgot to mention that you're an author and you've written, what, three books? Four books? Six books oh, six books. Okay. Yeah. But stand out, stand, stand up and stand strong. That one is, I love that book a lot. That was a great, um, very well timed. And I think it's so applicable right now because that's why I created the voice for love. Um, both, both this podcast series and also the course is because I always meet people and uh, it, it feels like a lot of people have this, this, this feeling right now, like it's time for them to stand up to, to speak out and they don't really know how, or they're, they're afraid to, there's a lot of blockages. There's a lot of stuff that lives in the, in the voice. And it's from, you know, ancestral, it's from programming. Again, like you said, a lot of it is programming, but it's, it's resulted in a lot of people who they feel that they, they want to speak and they don't quite know how. Um, and you do, another thing you do is you've done a lot of public speaking. So how, how would, is that something that came naturally to you or was that something that you had to, (laughs) work towards and can you share a little bit about that so not natural but a very strong call a very strong call to speak to the world completely not natural so when I was a child my nickname was squeak and I would sit in the corner like a mouse and not say a word so I was like like painfully shy as a child and my first the first time I I spoke was grade seven speech in front of my class. I did a speech in front of my class because we all had to, we had no choice. So I did the speech in front of the class and I finally got it over with. I was shaking. I was nervous. I was sweating. I was like, it was, it was horrific. I didn't have a good time at all. And I won oh, the class. So I had to go do it in front of the school. I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I, go, I went in front of the school and I, I did that. And then I won and I had to go to the regionals. And I was like, Oh, this is a nightmare. But by the time I got to regionals, I'm like, I kind of like this. Like I, it was a love hate thing. And she's like, there's something about this being able to speak and share a message and inspire many people. So that was kind of the opening. And then when I had my studio in, I, I was doing workshops and doing different trainings and courses and stuff like that live in front of different audiences and then when I had my studio at one point, someone had asked me, what's your greatest dream, your grandest desire? And I was like tuning into my heart and I heard the words to speak to the world. And I said it out loud and I'm like, where did that come from? Like, it was just so deep inside my heart. And that really was where I started to focus on speaking to audiences on a stage. And, and I've gotten to this point where I actually feel at home on stage. Like you give me a mic and a stage, I'm like, I'm in heaven not how it started out obviously but now very clear the other thing that I found really helpful was you know when you you're talking about your course and and the voice the voice is so important to understand where are we speaking from like speaking more from you know are you speaking from the throat are you speaking from the chest is your is your voice coming from your center and the other thing I really recognized too and I helped a lot of people with initially when I was doing some speaker training was 
to help ground your energy. If your energy is not grounded, your voice on stage, your, your jitters, all of that is your nerves, butterflies, all those kinds of things are heightened if you're actually not grounding your energy. So it, there was a lot around the voice around, around understanding how our energy and how we hold ourselves influences how our voice comes out. So I love your course. I, I love the idea of your course. I haven't obviously done it or, or read it or listened to it or anything yet, but you've, we've talked about it a lot. And I, and I think it's so needed because in order to stand up and speak your truth in the world today, the more clear you are and the more, you know, you have those, that fear and the past influences that are impacting or blocking your voice cleared up the more of a channel you are for love and that's really what we need we need those clear messages to come through in a way that will uplift humanity and we need more of those voices because there's certainly way more negative voices there's way more negative messages there's way more fear-based programming and influence in the world today so the more of us that can actually really stand clear and and be that channel for love be that messenger for the divine spirit, the more the world is actually going to shift in the direction that we really all deeply yearn for. Mm, absolutely. And it's, and it's really an art to it, you know, and I've had to learn this throughout my life is because I've always been so, you know, passionate about things, especially like something, if I'm angry about a cause or something I've seen, you know, throughout my life, how many times I either, you know, completely lost people's attention or even turned them off or just they, they can't even deal because when you're too, it's, it's this really fine line because, you know, we have to, we have to be passionate about something in order to want to make a change in that area. That's probably what makes us passionate about it is because we're like, you know, the injustice of it all makes us really upset and angry, yet we have to find a way to ground that, like you said, and, and find a peaceful place so that we can actually speak and people will listen to us because this happens all the time. You know, if you see somebody and they're like so angry and so all over the place and discombobulated, like you're probably not going to listen to them. But if somebody's actually well presented and well, you know, a little bit more calm, a little bit more grounded and a little bit more neutral about it. So this is what's tricky too, is, you know, you have to feel strongly about what you feel about and yet be able to neutralize around it too, so that you don't get triggered every time that you run into somebody with an opposing point of view, because that's going to happen, especially if you're going down the road of whatever particular cause, you're going to go up against probably some sort of opposition. So it's really, um, it's really a fine line. It's really an art to be mastered. And I feel it's one that, you know, we really need to work on mastering as a, as a society, as a humanity. And again, but we also don't hear about all the things that are going on. Like I said to somebody today, I said, I think we've had a mass awakening during COVID. And so many people have had awarenesses about so many things, but that's not what we hear about in the news. <laughs> you know, that's not what the media is telling us about. Nobody's celebrating all of these incredible things that are happening. And, you know, I, I sort of look forward to the day when we have a new standard of what success means. And people are actually celebrating when we overcome a negative habit or pattern or, you know, like it's not just about all of these achievements in the outer world, which are great, of course. But, you know, it's a lot of these internal things that are actually so meaningful as well. The other thing we have to recognize is that when we speak our truth, 
not everybody's going to want to listen. Not everybody's going to appreciate what we have to say. In fact, we're going to create a lot of resistance in a lot of people. And there's times where we're going to trigger people. But triggering people doesn't mean that what you spoke is, is wrong or you shouldn't have said something. Triggering people is actually bumping up against their leftovers. It's bumping up against what they need to heal. Whether they're willing to look at it or not is up to them. So I just want people to realize, too, that when we speak our truth, it, it's not always, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs. It's, it's not all well received. And sometimes creating resistance or really rubbing people is exactly what they need. So as the messenger, when we are clear, when we are clear that what's coming through our mouth is what we're meant to share in that moment and with those, with that audience or with that group, then we can trust that however it lands and however it is received is purposeful, whether it's resisting, look, it looks like resistance or whether it looks like people's open hearts and, and them embracing your message. I know for me over the years, there was a time where I wanted everybody to like me and I'm like, I can't, nobody, not, it's impossible. Not everybody's going to like me anyways. And in fact, I would rather have someone dislike me and deliver the message in the way that they need it than, than to, to just, you know, make sugarcoat things and, and make friends. Because I'm here, I'm a change maker. I'm here to shift things. I'm, I make shift happen. And I'm not here to, to make friends, although I'm a friendly person. And I, I know that I personally can just walk into a room and just based on how I hold my light can trigger people. I don't even need to say anything. And, and that's okay. I can love them for their trigger. I can love them for the resistance and I can love them even if they hate me. And at the same time, I need to honor my own process. I need to honor my triggers. I need to look at my stuff that comes up from those interactions and from those experiences to make sure that I remain clear, as clear as possible. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that a lot more. I, like you also, I remember being, you know, in my early 20s and I just started studying and practicing this one energy healing modality and I had a huge sort of awakening and um, I was in this really blissed out state for over a year, really, maybe more. But I really thought at that point, my timeline was like, I figured in about five years, I was going to be fully enlightened and everybody was going to love me. And like, you know, everything was going to be great. And this, all of this spiritual stuff was going to be the answer to everything. But like you, I find the more light that I have, the more that I trigger people. And I feel it all the time because I feel everything now, like you, you know? So it's the same. Sometimes I don't even have to say anything to people. Sometimes it's just my presence. Sometimes it's my words. Sometimes I'll, I'll put out a post on social media and I will feel it triggering people. Sometimes that I know, sometimes that I don't know. And, you know, I've had a lot of people lashing out on me for really lots of projection, a lot more projection coming from others. But luckily, because I'm doing the work, I can stay in a place of not that I'm, you know, I'm not willing to receive abuse from people, but I also understand, like you said, if you truly want to be a messenger, you have to be prepared that um, not everyone's going to like what you you want you have to say, and you're also probably going to get some backlash in different ways because the light literally carries its own frequency. You know, we're talking, we've been talking a lot about frequency and sound vibrations and the light really, that's what it does. It comes in and it, and it breaks up everything. So when your light hits up against somebody's stuff, it's, they don't want to see that, but then of course it's easier just for them to blame you. Right. 
<laughs> just because you're there, you know? Um, and for some of us, I mean, I know you gave me a really important piece about somebody that I was interacting with, um, even as a child, that I was very sort of hurt as a child that this person around me never, I thought that they never liked me. And it was very difficult because it was a friend's, um, one of my friend's parents, but you shared the message with me that actually, even as a child, that whatever light I carried in me was some kind of a threat to them. And that made so much sense because I remember feeling that very much as a child. And I think that's very common for people, people like us again. So it's just learning to um, navigate that in the world. So speaking of, um, I know this wasn't totally the topic, but speaking speaking of frequencies, <laughs> you have some fun new, fun new, I call them toys. That's not really a toy, but that you've been playing with. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, some of the new, the work that you've been doing and the technology that you've has come into your world? Yeah. Well, I came up, I was, I was at this point with my physical body. I was clearing a lot of density from my physical body and I have some health issues coming in like a whole snow ball storm crap storm it was like crazy and I was in meditation I was just like okay if there's something else that's meant to come in to support my physical body because my physical body I'm highly sensitive so and I and I can own that now before I was like can I trade models can I have a new can I have a new car <laughs> it's like I don't like this model it's too sensitive it's too it's too sensitive to everything so when I owned that okay my body is just hypersensitive and it's okay. It's part of my gift. Then my, my prayers really, you know, what is, what can I place in my home that would support me physically, energetically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And I came across this ebook and it talked about this miracle IQ. It's what is what the, the product is called. And it's quantum sound healing basically. And I, as soon as I read through the book, I knew I was going to buy one before I even went and called Helena to talk to her. And I was blown away by how quickly this technology supports my environment, the environment of my home and the environment of my body. So what it is, is based on Tesla coils. It's based on the quantum field and it brings everything into like kind of zero point, you know, that zero point experience where it brings that unified field into your body into your home and kind of infuses everything it immerses and infuses everything and what I found is it was rewiring my mind at night it was changing the neural pathways in my brain it had changed a lot in my physical body I have way more energy I have I feel lighter I when I talk to people they're like wow you sound so different my voice changed Everything changed. A lot has shifted, and that's from me having it in my home probably for about a month or two now, six weeks to six to eight weeks. And I found that when we follow our intuition, when we really trust these tools and these, these, these technologies and these pieces will come in, not only will they actually come into our lives, but the way it was actually produced when, when I, I was just talking to uh, Helena yesterday and we basically were talking about how she came about you know helping produce this particular model the miracle IQ and it was totally intuitively guided as well for her it just came through her as this divine creation and she was the one that was meant to give birth to it and 
the same thing with you and whoever's listening. It's like there's these things that are meant to come through us. And our divine spirit is constantly guiding us and leading us and directing us. But it, it, the key is to get out of the way. The key is to not let our human opinions and judgments and limitations get in the way of actually allowing what's meant to come through us. And then the support that we need, so whether it's a miracle eye cube or whatever it is that we need, a meditation, you know, mat or, you know, an album, your music, whatever it is, whatever we need will come in and that will be guided as well. So everything's taken care of. Everything's taken care of for us. And the more we can support ourselves in our environment, the more we can support the internal environment and our external environment, the more we're actually going to be held in this container to be able to do this work that we're meant to be doing in the world. So there's a lot of light workers, a lot of light healers, leaders stepping up, saying yes to, to the work they're meant to do, but there's still a lot that are playing small and the world doesn't need us to play small anymore. It needs us to play big. And there's certain things that we need to have in place in our own lives that can support us in getting on those that bigger stage and it doesn't have to be an audience of 10,000 people like I like to do but it's more a matter of what is playing small for you and what is playing big for you and where's the stretch and where's the gap and then looking within that gap what am I resisting what am I afraid of what's stopping me from taking that next step or saying yes to that next level that I'm meant to go to and then Find the things, the people, the community, whatever you need to surround yourself with that loving support. So it carries you, helps carry you. So why do you think, because this is a common thing I know for me and a lot, like why do you think that we're so prone to playing small? Why is this like such a huge phenomenon amongst not just healers, but like everyone? It's like that famous saying, you know, like it's not our darkness that we are afraid of, it's our light. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's the ego, right? It's our ego. So our ego is like an overprotective, constantly hovering over us, helicopter parent. And the ego will stop at nothing to keep us safe and protected. In order to keep us safe and protected and not take risks, we need to play small. So it keeps us playing smaller or not really living our full potential because that's scary. That's too risky. You know, especially in today's society, there's, there's, the battlefield of right and wrong is so intense that to even to step out right now out of that safety net is, is scary. But that's where we're really going to have the greatest impact. And that impact is not only for our, us personally, but for all of humanity. So to be able to step out of that umbrella of safety that the ego is holding, it takes courage. But it only takes 20 seconds of courage. So if we can gather that amount and take that step or take that breath and, and then take the leap, then we can actually make a difference. But the ego wants to keep us safe. And, and the ego's not the enemy. The ego's not bad. It's just that's what it's doing. It's trying to keep us safe. It's, it's that helicopter parent that just wants to keep us, you know, in the womb. I remember when my son was born, I'm like, oh, can you go back in? Like, yeah, you're safer in there. I could protect you in there. You know, when you're out there, there's, there's all these other elements. And that's the ego. That's the ego trying to keep us safe from all of the elements and all the possibilities and all the scenarios and all the doom and gloom beliefs and everything else that goes along with fear. 
there's a lot to keep us safe from right now. So the ego's in high gear, trying to keep people playing small. It's the only thing it can do. Yeah, so true. And I, and I love what you said, because it's true. And I think that's another sort of belief shift that we need to have, which is that only the people who have these big followings or these big audiences are the ones making a difference. Actually, no, it's like each and every one of us in our, we all have a specific part to play. And, you know, we may be meant to influence five people and that that's, that's the purpose. And we need to not compare that to somebody who's got this big audience or think that one is potentially more important or, or larger than another. It's just sort of the way that, that things go. I often say never underestimate the power of one. One individual, one word, one thing. And you can probably reflect back on your life and think back and think of one person that actually changed your life. My, my high school counselor, she had faith in me, more faith than I had in myself at the time. And her belief in me changed the course of what well, I was going to take a whole different career. And her belief in me catapulted me in a different direction. That, was, that created a foundation at a time where I really needed a foundation. You know, it, it, and that was like, you know, a couple years of my life that I was in touch with her. So never underestimate the power of one, one individual to impact change. It, it's immeasurable. You can't measure the impact. And like a janitor at a school, somebody, you know, a teller at the bank. I remember this one teller at this one bank. She remembered my name. She remembered everybody's name. I, I could go in there five years. I hadn't seen her in five years. And I walked in, she knew, hey, how are you doing, Sue? It's good to see you. It's been a while. How's Steve? Like, she just, she just had this memory. And she made everybody feel heard, seen, honored, remembered, like family. And she just had this, like, nurturing touch to her. But her gift was really remembering people's names. And she worked at a bank and she had a major impact on a lot of people. So it doesn't matter what our role is. Our role is essential in the healing of the whole of humanity. So our, our willingness to play whatever role we're meant to play is that's what we're saying yes to. That's what we're saying yes to. And that's the invitation over and over again is show me what my role is today in this moment and you know, who am I meant to speak to and when and how, you know, that could be a simple smile in the, on the street and you could change that person's day. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that every day because I mean, some people may find this hard to believe, but I do actually find it hard to post and share on social media because I'm so empathic and I'm aware of the backlash and I can feel all of these things, but, but I do it, you know, five times a week because I know that it helps people. And it's funny because sometimes I wonder, but then I'll go out and I'll run into people and they say, Oh, I really like it. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Please keep going. And usually every day I get just, and if I like, like you said, like if I just get one affirmation, like somebody's like, Oh, this made my day or thank you so much. This really helps. And I'm like, great. My, you know, not that my work is done because there's always more to do, but that just that just knowing that it affected one person, that's enough because it's a ripple effect too, right? Like we never know what that next, you know, you could influence one person who might go on to influence a million people. Like you just don't know. And, you know, you mentioned your, uh, your high school counselor. Like I had a grade five and six teacher and she just 
influenced my entire life. I would not be who I was if it wasn't for her. She taught us about being anti-racist. I'm a vegetarian because of her. And she taught us about protecting the planet and the earth and all of these different things. And like all of these things, I don't know if I would be who I was today if I didn't have her as my teacher for two years. So I think we should never underestimate the, the power of that. And I love that you said that she believed in you more than you believed in yourself, because I think sometimes this is the biggest gift that we can give people. I remember once I was in the, had this big opportunity with music and I was just freaked out. And I went to work that night. I used to work at a club. This was years and years ago, but the girl I was working with, I was just freaking out. And she just looked at me and with the most loving, just heart centered way, she looked at me, she's like, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And just her words and her presence, it just completely like, and I remember in that moment really taking note, like never underestimate just the power of those simple, simple words really truly coming from a heartfelt place. Because sometimes that's all people need in this world is like everyone's fighting battles. We don't even know what's going on with them. Sometimes it's just a kind word or a smile from the heart that can really just, you know, shift people. Yeah, absolutely. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. So tell, tell people where can they find you if, if people want to know more about your work and your books and all the wonderful uh, work that you do, where can people find you? Yeah. The best place to, to land is on my website and it's heartledliving.com. So heartledliving.com. And that has all my, you know, if you want to kind of connect on social media or look at my books or my other programs and stuff, it's all there. Everything's there right now. Yeah. And your community is just so, I'm so always grateful for your community, both for the support that you are able to give me, but also to be able to witness other people in their process is just so incredible. And I think that what you're doing is really very kind of like next level in a lot of ways. I I think some people are probably doing something similar, but um, you know, I just know you because you're the one that I work with, but I really think this is the way of the future is really holding safe spaces for people to heal together. Like, of course, we're all doing our individual work, but then, you know, we have these calls and these different platforms where we can come and it's sort of, it's, you know, we can work through the things with the help of the group and then to see what other people are going through as well can be really helpful because it really reminds me that everybody's just, you know, we're all on our own journey. And while the stories are different, there's so many themes that run throughout it that are so, we can learn so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the inner, that you're talking about the inner circle Mm -hmm. experience. And and for me, that's about having a non-judgmental space to come and actually look deep and in underneath all those things that we maybe even feel shame about within ourselves and to be met with such loving tender compassionate witnesses is healing in itself so it's such a a powerful community especially today looking at you know the 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 judgments and and the fear-based battlefield that's happening in the world outside it's nice to come and have this soft place to land and have a bit of a heart scrub and and know that you can bring anything into that space and you will be loved and met met with compassion. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love watching everybody, like how we're all getting, we're all getting good now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a lot of us have been with you for a while now. So everybody's getting, we're all getting pretty good. We're like, okay, I know this is my ego, but you know, so that's a funny stage too. Is like, you're able to identify like, okay, this is my ego here, but you know, maybe not quite sure what to, where to go with it from there. Yeah, I still need support. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we do need support. And that's why it's, it's essential. We talked about it at the beginning. It's really, for me, it's absolutely essential to have people that I know and that I trust and that, because we do need to be 
sometimes called out on our <laughs> on our stuff. It's like, oops, you you know, oops, you're going a little bit down the ego rabbit hole there. <laughs> but it, but in a, in a loving way, right? Because I think sometimes the ego wants to call out the ego too, and then that's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other thing yeah that's, that's a whole other thing mm-hmm. amazing thank you so much for for coming and um being a guest here today everyone this is sue demay and you can find her at heartledliving.com and i'm in her inner circle group which i highly recommend i highly recommend doing any work with with her i've been really working with you closely for about three years but i think i've known you and done you know the odd session here and there on and off for maybe more than that i don't know probably like six or seven now yeah because i remember we were working together when i was when i had gone to africa and that was 2015 so even before that we were working together yeah even that so so it's been really amazing to see but i mean i'm watching but this is the way it should be like i've watched you grow and evolve and like i said like i know that you're doing the work so you know a lot of not not all of this a whole other rabbit hole but yeah not all healers are doing the work so (laughs) if you're looking for a true a true healer the real deal um this is sue heartledliving.com and i'm just so happy thank you so much for joining us here today thank you i've i've enjoyed the conversation i appreciate the invitation yes okay thank you so much everyone peace (laughs) you've been listening to a voice for love this is surya devi Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. You can find me at suryadevi.com. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.